Chapter 15 It wasn't until dark came that I really began to get uneasy about Mom and Lizbeth. Then I could hardly stand it because they hadn't come home. I knew in my own mind why they hadn't. It had been late when they'd started out. They had had a good long piece to go, and even with wood at hand, it took considerable time to drag up enough of the size fire they needed. And I couldn't think of any real danger to them. They weren't far enough away from the cabin to be lost, and if they were, Jumper knew the way home. Also, Jumper was gentle. There wasn't much chance that he'd scare and throw them off. And on top of all that, they had Old Yeller along. Old Yeller might be pretty weak and crippled yet, but he'd protect them from just about anything that might come their way. Still, I was uneasy. I couldn't help having the feeling that something was wrong. I'd have gone out to see about them if it hadn't been for little Arliss. It was past his supper time, and he was getting hungry and sleepy and fussy. I took him and the speckled pup inside the kitchen and lit the candle. I settled them on the floor and gave them each a bowl of sweet milk into which I crumbled cold cornbread. In a little bit, both were eating out of the same bowl. Little Arliss knew better than that, and I ought to have had Pat on him for doing it, but I didn't. I didn't say a word. I was too worried. I just about made up my mind to put little Arliss and the pup back to bed and go look for Mama Elizabeth when I heard a sound that took me to the door in a hurry. It was the sound of dogs fighting. The sound came from way out there in the dark, but the minute I stepped outside, I could tell that the fight was moving toward the cabin. Also, I recognized the voice of old Jeller. It was a sort of raging yell he let out when he was in a fight to the finish. It was the same savage roaring and snarling and squalling that he'd done the day of that he fought the killer hogs off me. The sound of it chilled my blood. <clears throat> I stood rooted to the ground, think, trying to think what it could be, but I ought, what I ought to do. <clears throat> and then I heard Jumper snorting keenly and Mama calling in a frightened voice, Travis, Travis, make a light, son, and get your gun, hurry! I came alive then. I hollered back at her to let her know that I'd heard. I ran back into the cabin and got my gun. I couldn't think at first what would make the sort of light I needed, then recollected a clump of bear grass that Mama had recently grubbed out where she wanted to start a new fall garden. Bear grass has oily sap that makes it burn bright and fierce for a long time. A pile of it burning would make a bright light. I ran and snatched up four bunches of the half-dried bear grass. The sharp ends of the stiff blades stabbed and stung my arms and chest as I grabbed them up, but I had no time to bother about that. I ran and dumped the bunches in a pile on the bare ground outside the yard fence. <clears throat> then I hurried to bring a live coal from the fireplace to start them burning. I fanned fast with my hat. The bare grass blades started smoking, giving off their foul smell. A little flame started, flickered, and wavered for a moment, and then bloomed suddenly and leaped high with a roar. I jumped back, gun ready, held ready, and caught my first glimpse of the screaming, howling battle that came wheeling in the circle of light. It was old Yeller, all right, tangled with some animal as big and as savage as he was. Mama called from outside the light's rim. Careful, son, and take close aim. It's a big loafer wolf, gone mad. My heart nearly quit on me. There weren't many of the gray loafer wolves in our part of the country, but I knew about them. They were big and savage enough to hamstring a horse and drag down a full-grown cow. And here was old Yeller, weak and crippled, trying to fight a mad one. I brought up my gun. Then held the fire while I hollered at Mama. Y'all get in the cabin. I'm scared to shoot till I know you're out of the first out of the line. A fire. I heard Mama whacking Jumper with a stick to make him go. I heard Jumper snort and the clatter of his hooves as he went galloping in a wide circle to come up behind the cabin. But even after Mama called from the door behind me, I still couldn't fire. Not without taking a chance on killing old Yeller. 
I waited, my nerves on edge, <clears throat> while Old Yeller and the Big Wolf fought there in the firelight. Whirling and leaping and snarling and slashing, their bared fangs gleaming white, their eyes burning green in the half-light. Then they went down in a tumbling roll that stopped with the Big Wolf on top, his huge jaws shut tight on Yeller's throat. And that was my chance, and one that I'd better make good. As weak as Old Yeller was, he'd never break that throat hold. There in the wavering light, I couldn't get a true bead on the wolf. I couldn't see my sights well enough. All I could do was guess aim and hope for a hit. I squeezed the trigger. The gun stock slammed back against my shoulder and such a long streak of fire spouted from the gun barrel that it blinded me for a second and I couldn't see a thing. Then I realized that all the growling and snarling had hushed. <clears throat> a second later, I was running toward the two still gray forms lying side by side. For a second, I just knew that I'd killed Old Yeller too. Then about the time I bent over him, he heaved a big sigh, sort of sigh and struggled up to start licking my hands and wagging that stubbed tail. I was so relieved that it seemed like all the strength went out of me. I slumped to the ground and was sitting there shivering when Mama came and sat down beside me. She put one arm across my shoulders and held it there while she told me what had happened. And like I'd figured, it taken her and Elizabeth till dark to get the wood dragged up and the fire to going around the dead cow. Then they mounted old Jumper and headed for home. They'd been without water all this time and were thirsty, and when they came to the crossing on Birdsong Creek, they dismounted to get a drink, and while they were lying down, drinking, the wolf came. He was right on them before they knew it. Mama happened to look up and see the dark hulk of him coming bounding toward them across the little clearing. He was snarling as he came, and Mama just barely had time to come to her feet and grab up a dead chinaberry pole before he sprang. She whacked him hard across the head, knocking him to the ground. Then Old Yeller was there, tying into him. Mom and Elizabeth got back on Jumper and tore out for the house. Right after them came the wolf, like he had his mind fixed on catching them and nothing else. But Old Yeller fought him too hard and too fast. Yeller wasn't big and strong enough to stop him, but he kept him slowed down and fought away from Jumper and Mom and Elizabeth. <sighs> He'd had to been mad, son, Mama wound up. You know that no wolf in his right senses would have acted that way, not even a big loafer wolf. Yes, I said. And it's sure a good thing that old Yeller was along to keep him fought off. I shuddered at the thought of what had happened if old, without old Yeller. Mama waited a little bit and said in a quiet voice, It's a good thing for us too, son. But it wasn't good for old Yeller. The way she said that gave me a cold feeling in the pit of my stomach. I sat up straighter. What do you mean? Old Yeller's alright. He may be chewed up some, but he can't be bad hurt. See, he's done trotting off toward the house. Then it hit me what Mama was getting at. All my insides froze. I couldn't get my breath. <clears throat> I jumped to my feet, wild and with hurt and scared. But Mama, old Yeller just saved your life. He saved my life. He's, he saved little Arliss's life. We, we can't. Mama got up and put her arm across my shoulders. Again, I know, son, but he's been bitten by a mad wolf. I started off into the blackness of the night while my mind wheeled and darted this way and that like a scared rat trying to find its way up on a trap. But Mama, I said, we don't know for certain. We could wait and see. We could tie him or shut him up in the corn crib or someplace till we know for sure. Mama broke down and went to crying again. She put her head on my shoulder and held me so tight that she nearly choked off my breath. We can't take a chance, son, she sobbed. It would, it would be you or me or little Arliss or Elizabeth next. I'll shoot him if you can't, but either way, we've got to do it. We just can't take the chance. It came clear to me when <clears throat> then that Mama was right. 
we couldn't take the risk. And from everything I had heard, I knew that there was very little chance of Old Yellers escaping the sickness. It was going to kill something inside of me to do it, but I knew then that I had to shoot my big yellow dog. Once I knew for sure that I had to do it, I don't think I really felt anything. I was just numb all over, <clears throat> like a dead man walking. Quickly, I left Mama and went to stand in the light of the burning bear grass. I reloaded my gun and called Old Yeller back from the house. I stuck the muzzle of the gun against his head and pulled the trigger. Chapter 16 Days went by, <clears throat> and I couldn't seem to get over it. <clears throat> I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't cry. I was all empty inside, but hurting. Hurting worse than I'd ever hurt in my life. Hurting with a sickness there that didn't seem to be any cure for it. Thinking every minute of my big yellow dog how we'd work together and romp together, and <clears throat> how we'd fought the she-bear off little Arliss, and how he'd saved me from the killer hogs, and how he'd fought the mad wolf off Mama and Lizbeth. Thinking after all this... I'd have to shoot him, the same as I'd done with the roan bull and the spot heifer. Mama tried to talk to me about it, and I let her. But while everything she said made sense, it didn't do anything that, to that dead feeling I had. <clears throat> Elizabeth talked to me. She didn't say much. She was too shy. But she pointed out that I had another dog, that speckled pup. He's part old yeller, she said, and he was the best one of the bunch. But that didn't help either. The speckled pup might be part old yeller, but he wasn't old yeller. <clears throat> he hadn't saved all of our lives, and then he'd been shot down like he was nothing. Then one night it clouded up and rained till daylight, and that seemed to wash away the hydrophobia plague. At least pretty soon afterwards it died out completely. But we didn't know that then. What seemed important to us about the rain was that the next morning after it fell, Papa came riding home through the mud. The long ride to Kansas and back had Papa drawn down till he was as thin and knotty as a rail fence. But he had money in his pocket, a big shouting laugh for everybody, and a saddle horse for me. The horse was a cat-stepping blue roan with a black mane and tail. Mama put me on him the first thing I made, made me gallop him into the clearing around the house. The roan had all the pride and fire any grown man would want in the best horse, yet he was as gentle as a pet. Now, isn't he a dandy? Papa asked. I said, yes, sir, and knew that Papa was right and that I ought to be proud and thankful, but I wasn't. I didn't feel one way or another about the horse. Papa saw something was wrong, and I saw him look and question at Mama and saw Mama shake her head. Then late that evening, just before supper, he called me off down to the spring where we sat and we talked. Well, your Mama told me about the dog, he said. I said, yes, sir, but didn't say anything. That was rough. That was as rough as anything I ever heard tell of happening to a boy. And I'm mighty proud to learn how my boy stood up to it. You couldn't ask any more of a grown man. He stopped for a minute. He picked up some little pebbles and thumped them to the water, scattering a bunch of hairy-legged water bugs. The bugs darted across the water in all directions. Now the thing to do is to try and forget it and go on being a man. But how? How can you forget a... A thing like that. He studied me for a moment and then shook his head. I guess I don't quite mean that, 
It's not a thing you can forget. I don't guess it's a thing that you ought to forget. What I mean is things like that happen. They may seem mighty cruel and unfair, but that's just how life is part of the time. But that isn't the only way life is. But part of the time, it's mighty good. And a man can't afford to waste all the good part worrying about the bad parts. That makes it all bad. You understand? Yes, sir. I said, and I did understand. Only it still didn't do me any good. I still felt just as dead and as empty. That went on for a week or better, I guess, before a thing happened that brought me alive again. It was right at dinner time. Papa had sent me out to the lot to feed Jumper and the horses. I just started back when I heard a commotion in the house. I heard Mama's voice lifted high and sharp. Why, you thieving little whelp, she cried out. Then I heard a shrieking yelp, and out the kitchen door came the speckled pump with, pup with a big chunk of cornbread clutched in his mouth. He raced around the house, running with his tail clamped. He was yelling and squalling like somebody was beating him to death. But that still didn't keep him from hanging on to that piece of cornbread that he'd stolen from Mama. Inside the house, I heard little Arliss. He was fighting and screaming his head off at Mama for hitting his dog. And above it all, I could hear Papa's roaring laughter. Right then, I began to feel better. The sight of that little old pup tearing out of the brush with that piece of cornbread seemed to loosen something inside of me. I felt better all day. I went back and rode my horse and enjoyed it. I rode way off out into the brush, not going anywhere especially, just riding and looking and beginning to feel proud of owning a real horse of my own. Then along about sundown, I rode down into the Birdsong Creek headed for the house. Up at the spring, I heard a splashing and hollering, and I looked ahead. Ah, sure enough, it was little Arliss. He was stripped naked and romping in our drinking water again, and right there romping in that with him was that little bread-stealing speckled pup. And I started to holler at them. I started to say, Arliss, you get that nasty old pup out of our drinking water. But then I didn't. Instead, I went to laughing. I sat there and laughed until I cried. When all the time I knew that I ought to go and beat them to a frazzle for messing up our drinking water. When finally I couldn't laugh and cry another bit, I rode on up to the lot and turned my horse in. Tomorrow, I thought, I'll take Arliss and that pup out for a squirrel hunt. The pup was still mighty little, but the way I figured it, if he was big enough to act like old Yeller, he was big enough to start learning to earn his keep. <laughs>